It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. This is your Estate Planning Essentials podcast and radio program, and my name is Don Crawford, Jr., the grateful owner of KWM Radio and the co-host of this program, honestly seeking to protect your family, your assets, and you. And I'm sitting with my co-host, my friend, my attorney, who should be your attorney once again, our Dallas estate planning expert, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don, and happy holidays. Happy holidays to you, too. What is it? It's mid-December now? Goodness gracious. It's here. I mean, it's come by so quickly. The year is over. And whenever we do a program or any programs in December, it's always to prepare everyone for the end of the year, for next year, and for their taxes. And this program is really not going to be any different. And Michael wants to address that today to make sure that you are safe and comfortable, whether you have to make any changes or not, before the year is out. So, Michael, let's talk about today different ways to transfer assets without probate, and in particular for small estates, not big ones, but small guys. Yeah, so a lot of people get confused uh, about what's a small estate's affidavit versus an affidavit of heirship. Okay. This is usually when people don't have a will. You see, because if you don't have a will, um, I had a friend call me just this week, and uh, he has a a significant other and the significant other now has dementia mm. and they never did any planning and the so if you don't do any planning then it's going to go by the laws of the state and so if there's no will uh, you may have to have a court ordered airship determination well that's kind of a pain mm-hmm. because yeah, because then, uh, first of all, there'll be two attorneys involved. Uh, there'll be one who's, you know, representing the person who's applying, probably one of the heirs. And then there'll be an attorney to represent the unknown heirs because they'll have a duty to investigate to see if there are other heirs out there. Didn't know that. Uh, And then it could be that somebody has a problem with whoever's applying. So there could be three attorneys involved. Um, And uh, so – and then if they don't agree on who should represent the estate, then the court could be the one. uh, You have to go to the court every time you do something. It's called dependent administration. So if you want to sell property, okay, you'll have to get court approval. Uh, So so it really, uh, on on the case that that was called up on by my friend this week, he said, oh, my significant other never was married, never had children. Uh, she has an estranged father who's very controlling. He won't even let me uh, see her in the hospital right now because uh, she hadn't died yet. But uh, so, but he said, what's going to happen? 
And I said, well, first of all, is he didn't, she didn't even have any uh, like medical power of attorney, so there's what's called surrogate decision-making. They go by closest relative. Mm-hmm. So the estranged father has had the right to not let the significant other even go into the hospital to see her. Okay. And, and then I said, and then furthermore, if she – and you can't uh, – uh, he won't be able in this case. He's not related uh, to even seek guardianship. But even after death, that father stands to benefit – because he's the closest relative. Okay. Um, anyway, so if you don't have a will uh, and there's no uh, and there's something that needs to be transferred, it could be that you have this court uh, ordered and uh, heirship determination, and a lot of people would like to avoid that. Now, so how do you avoid that? Well, it depends if you see if you can. Now, of course, these are going to be on situations where there's not like a, a bank account that says joint with right of survivorship or it doesn't have any beneficiary designation. Uh, but let's say you just had a small estate. Let's say you just had a bank account in your individual name or some sort of savings account, or maybe there wasn't a beneficiary named in either life insurance policy or an IRA, things like that. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I'll mention is what's called a small state's affidavit in order. So this is uh, something that you don't have to have. It's, it's something you file with the court, but you don't have to go through all that process that I just mentioned. Now, it's only available if the person did not, the deceased, did not have a will and their assets that didn't have some sort of beneficiary designation is less than $75,000. Okay. Now, that's exclusive of a homestead, but when I say a homestead, there has to be a surviving spouse or a minor child for it to pass according for a small state's affidavit in order. So if there's nobody that has, uh, if, there's, if, if there's only less than 75000 of assets, uh, then you could file this application with the court. Uh, so the this would all the, whoever the devisees, the heirs would be, would have to sign this as well as two disinterested witnesses. You would have to um, have, everybody kind of swears to the, what the assets and liabilities are. And as far as heirship, uh, they have to mention, you know, what type of property it was and uh, what the value was of the date of death and uh, maybe if it's community or separate property, uh, things like that. Uh, and so uh, it, it could be um, you just have to go through the process. And with that, uh, then you could have a proposed order that's submitted, and you never even have to go to court. You just file Great. the application. Great. So for people who don't have a will, and the assets are less than 75000 exclusive of the homestead for a surviving spouse or a minor child, then this would be an option to avoid the costly process of an heirship determination when you don't have a will. Which means probate, which means verification? Well, it's a, in a way, it's probate uh-huh. uh, because you have to have an heirship determination with all the, you know, the different attorneys. You have to, you know, I have one right now. We're having an, affida- an heirship determination. Mm-hmm. And so the there was, in this case, uh, there was just a spouse. Uh, there was no children. Um, the deceased, uh, the husband, uh, had two siblings. So even though 
Uh, so there's an attorney to represent the unknown heirs. Everybody agrees the surviving spouse is the surviving spouse. The court, you have to put in the application, you know, what's community property, what's separate property. And by the way, it goes differently. Uh, how So, for example, on a homestead, uh, you have to a homestead, uh, it depends on whether it's separate or community property where it goes. So if the homestead was community property, it would all go to the surviving spouse. If it was separate property, so let's say the husband owned the property prior to marriage, half would go to the spouse and half would go to the siblings. Uh, and so you even have to put that in there. Uh, you have to say, here's who the devisees would be if it was separate, and here's who the devise. Yeah, you have to go through all this stuff mm-hmm. uh, for the court uh, to often ap- approve it, uh, the order. Uh, and so you want to avoid uh, courts uh, and, it, quite frankly, have as little legal fees as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so if your estate is less mm-hmm. um, and there are... Uh, usually uh, on the small estates affidavit, you ha- do have to say what the liabilities are. So it's usually small accounts, things like that. But if you do um, don't have a will, then that may be something to take advantage of. So then the bank would see who to distribute the assets of that checking or savings account, or let's say it's a life insurance policy. They'll know who to give it to, and they have a court order. Okay. I love this. Um, sometimes I want to call this show the Avoid Prograde Program because probate is such a, I think, difficult thing for people no matter what. I, I've asked you numerous times, are there, are, there, are there any situations where you do want to probate certain things? Well, you know, it could be, yes. Um, and in Texas, it's actually simple to probate a will mm-hmm. if it was done properly. Oh, I see. Uh, so it's really it's different than let's say California or some other states, uh, because it's what's called independent administration. Mm-hmm. So if you just go through the process, I mean, you just have to go through the process, and things have to have been done correctly to begin with. Okay. But in other states, you have to get court approval on anything you do. So in Texas, though, and then they even have a percentage. You know, some states have a percentage that goes to the attorneys and things like that. Whereas in Texas, uh, you, if you have the words, the magic words, it's independent, without bond, you have a self-proving affidavit, you have the power in your will to sell real estate. So there's different things you look at. And that's why that's where the problems are that we've talked about on prior shows, that people either have one of these online wills and just assume it's, it's all, it may be a valid will. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they had a will in another state, and, and and it may not have the Texas language. So remember, we had a show, I don't know, uh, last month or the month before, mm-hmm. where we talked about why, if you're an out-of-state resident, that you should have uh, your documents reviewed by somebody local in the right. state that you moved to. Right. Or if you move to a different state, you know, even if you have Texas documents, you should if you go into Ohio, you should look at what the Ohio law For is sure. to see if, you know, if they have different rules. Mm-hmm. And so— uh, in any event, the the bottom line is, you know, first of all, you should have some estate planning document, whether it's a mm-hmm. will or a trust. And, you know, you talk, we talked about just a second ago, beneficiary designations. That does avoid probate. The problem there is that what's the situation with the beneficiary? And you say, well, oh, my, benef- my son is fine. Okay, well, 
that's great, except for you don't know what your son is going to be like at the time of your death. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't, let's say you had no will and you had your son as a beneficiary and your son predeceased you, now you're going to have to go through that heirship determination process. So you save money, but then at first, because you didn't do anything, and then you cost your family and made it more difficult for your family in the long run (laughs) for your failure to do any kind of planning. Yeah. And that's what I was telling my friend. And he said, well, I'm, I'm the one, I'm the significant other. I've been taking care of, of her, uh, my girlfriend. Uh, and so I should be in charge. I said, well, she failed to plan. So you go by the laws of the state. So you get to make the choice. You just have to make the choice. And right. if you don't do anything, the state makes the state is your choice, just like on, on how things go when you die, going to the estranged father, like we just said. Right. Yes. Yeah, that would be a mistake. Uh, I've been doing the, I've been in radio for 35 years. I started in 1989, if you can believe that. And one of the first accounts I brought on the air, Michael, was uh, a mortgage company in Southern California. And we came up with a theme for the account or slogan, and it was, it was the lowest rates, no surprises. And that no surprises phrase rings true today, especially when you do all of your programs, because you don't want any surprises if you become disabled or incapacitated or you pass away and the heirs don't have surprises. And maybe that's the, should be the name of, this, of their new program. Well, <laughs> you know, like if you love whomever your beneficiaries may be, most people would like to, I think, want to make it as easy as possible for them so that they don't have any aggravation. You want, and maybe a lot of people say, I want to protect as much assets for my beneficiaries, mm-hmm. whoever their loved one is. Uh, so, but I mean, some people may not care, and that's okay. So mm-hmm. let's, it's up to you. But even if you're single and never had any, have any relatives or any loved ones, would you rather it go to a charity, or would you rather possibly have it go to the street to the state mm-hmm. potentially? Exactly. Um, so you know, yeah. you everybody makes choices, mm-hmm. uh, and it's up to you to decide whether you want to do what's easiest or make it easy for your family or to have save as much money. It's it's not a right or wrong answer. You could do whatever you want, and it's, it's important too because you you also made it clear and you have forever that you also want to make sure it doesn't go to the wrong person because that would be disastrous. I know you're deceased and you're not alive, so you can't even think. But if it did go to someone you didn't want it to, that would not be a good thing. Yeah, and so that's the problem that I was telling you about with the friend. Mm-hmm. The, the girlfriend, uh, significant or other, mm-hmm. didn't sign any documents. Right. And since she didn't, when she dies, and that's why the father doesn't want the significant other to go to the hospital because he's afraid that uh, he might get her to sign a will. And it would cut him out. He knows that he would be the beneficiary, even though he's estranged and gave her a lot of grief during a lifetime. Guess what? He benefits for her failure to, to do any planning. Right. And then you've said that, too, many times. Make sure you delineate in your will, in your estate plan, who receives what when you pass away, but who also doesn't receive anything. Yeah, so we don't like to think that, you know, we forgot somebody. Right. So a lot of times you just say who it is and you know why you don't have to say why you're disinheriting. You, you could just say I've given to the extent that I've desired during lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to be mean about it. In mm-hmm. other words, uh, so it's up to the person to do whatever they want. But usually we do mention somebody if they're going to be, uh, you know, really close relative that was going to could potentially be a beneficiary, whether it be a child or 
or somebody else uh, that we we mention that. And I mean, you know, obviously too, um, the when somebody you think would stand to take that also may if if they're cutting out being cut out. Let's say there's three children and parents says I'm cutting out one of them. That's more likely to give a contest whether it be in a will or a trust. Uh, so sometimes you yeah. give that person enough to, to say that, all right, uh, we have one this week, though, that the, the dad told me he wanted to um, cut out his one son because the son was going to jail, and he keeps on going back to jail, mm-hmm. and he didn't want him to. Originally, he was going to have a trust for that child for getting a one-third, but he said, you know, I've had it. Yeah. And... He could give something if he wanted to. We know, though, that there's more. As I talked to him, I said, are you sure you wanted to not even mention anything as far as cutting them out? And he said, well, I don't. I really don't want him to get anything at this point. Hmm. And, okay, well, you could do whatever. There's no God-given right to an inheritance no. unless you are in uh, some st- uh, some forced airship countries, uh, like base like on. Remember we talked about the French Elvis years ago, sure. uh, French law. Uh, and Louisiana has a forced airship statute mm-hmm. based because of the uh, French derivatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, some uh, other places may too, but in 49 states, uh, we do. You could give whatever you want to whomever you want. I remember when you brought up uh, a few months ago, three, four months ago, uh, filial law in California, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I froze because that made me a little nervous because if. You even have estranged parents, and they have debts. You may be responsible for them yeah. as an heir. Yeah, that's in, in about 26 days. Texas doesn't have that, thank God. But sometimes you're responsible for others, like a parent's debts in some states, uh, Pennsylvania being the worst. Right. And California, I think you said, is also? Uh, California is there, too. But, you know, there's different rules in different states, and I'm not licensed in those different states. And so, right. and whether they enforce those rules, it really depends right. on the state. So it's kind of like some states have laws, but they may not enforce it. It's kind of like when we talked about uh, we talked about the um, – the right to die states mm-hmm. uh, last month or two months ago or so, yep. and we said Oregon has this right to die statute mm-hmm. uh, where you had to originally be in a, an Oregon resident, but right. they just don't enforce the law. So we said that uh, Vermont was the assisted suicide capital of the United States mm-hmm. now because mm-hmm. now they were the first state in May to become allow a non-citizen to have assisted suicide. Okay, <laughs> so. I, it's just a matter of enforcement. I don't know if is happy about that or whatever his name yeah, is, right. but nevertheless. <laughs> um, you know what I would be happy about? I would be happy if every single person listened to, listening to this program right now attended your next workshop because that's when you get to ask a specific question about your individual circumstances that Mike can answer with a great deal of knowledge and expertise, and he's very current on the laws of what you can and can't do. He mentioned the word properly uh, creating a state plan. And that means an accurate one. And Michael is the one for you to at least give you an answer. And if he doesn't know the answer, he's going to tell you, I don't know, but I will find out. But that rarely happens. But we want you to attend Michael's next workshop, which is Tuesday, January the 9th at 10 o'clock. And Michael, first tell them where the workshop is and then what goes on. Yeah, it's in our, we have a conference center in our building, which is just to the 
uh, north of Medical City Hospital, mm-hmm. which is close to 75 39. Central Expressway okay. and 635 okay. LBJ. Okay. Um, so uh, it's it's um, uh, it's very easy to get to yep. because of its close proximity to those major highways. And it's 10 a.m., so traffic should be a lot lighter by then. Yeah, uh-huh. it should be a lot lighter. Mm-hmm. It's a two two hour free estate planning essentials workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you'll learn about whatever questions that you want to know. We ask people, what do you want to know about estate planning, or a lot of times about public benefits like Medicaid. Mm-hmm. And then for two hours, I'll there will be a small presentation on the basics, but we'll answer the questions that you want to know. It's no obligation. Right. In fact, even if you go to that two free hour estate planning essentials workshop. Uh, and you want to know more, maybe you didn't ask your question, you want to know in private, uh, we give you a one-hour a free what we call vision meeting where we could you could talk to me in private about whatever your estate planning essentials questions or Medicaid issues are. Uh, but you have to go to the free estate planning essentials workshop to do that. So in effect, you get three free hours on legal questions that you may have without any cost, no obligation, uh, to attend that free estate planning essentials workshop where you'll have something to eat, uh, maybe something minor like uh, some cookies or donuts or something like that. And, of course, the free KAAM coffee mug. Who could ask for anything more? Christmas. Didn't forget that Christmas, that KAAM coffee mug. This is your opportunity, uh, whether it's before or after Christmas. You could say, guess what I got to you, gave you. And this was the gift that keeps on giving. Well, anyway, the uh, one The desperate gift. Time, <laughs> <laughs> so, if you've run out of all ideas and options, maybe a mug. <laughs> people are just clamoring for no, those mugs. <laughs> no, they're really not. <laughs> but you do come to the station and ask for them quite often, so I do appreciate that. Yes, and all you have to do to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop and get that free KAAM coffee mug is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102 or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. The holidays are just days away now, both Christmas and New Year's. You're more likely than not going to see family members. You're going to want to talk to them to make certain your parents are protected uh, when they're alive and if any of them pass away. You want to talk about your situation. You want to talk about heirs, your children, your grandchildren, cousins, nieces, nephews, uncles, aunts, you name it, friends, family. This is a perfect thing for you to do. Talk to them and then attend Michael's next workshop so you can ask more questions and become uh, more firm in your thinking and then attend his next uh, vision meeting, which is free. So it's three free hours of estate planning expertise from Michael Cohen. So sign up for that today. Again, it's Tuesday, January the 9th at 10 o'clock is that workshop. Michael, we've got about five minutes left. Other thoughts on transferring assets? Yeah, so a lot of times, let's say you have uh, your major asset is a piece of real estate like a homestead. Um, and the homestead's certainly worth more than uh, 75000 And you didn't have, maybe you didn't have a surviving spouse or a minor child. Mm-hmm. And you wanted to pass that to your heirs. And even if you had a will, but you didn't want to go through the probate process. Okay. Then if there are no debts other than that secured by real estate, 
Another thing that some people do is call, and I mean, sometimes this will work with small accounts, but generally the smallest, the banks like a court order generally, although sometimes you'll get an affidavit of airship. But with real estate, you could often do this affidavit of airship, which let's say usually one of the beneficiaries or heirs would have received, who will sign an affidavit. Uh, that will be usually uh, confirmed by two disinterested witnesses. It'll say the family history again. You know, if there's a spouse or if there's children, dates of birth, you know, if, how many marriages there are, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, and the description of the real estate and the deed records of the county where the property is located. Often title companies will accept that when you sell the property, although um, it should be mentioned that it's only a presumption or evidence after five years. So if you're concerned that the uh, you wanted to uh, not wait for five years, if the title company sometimes uh, will make you wait for a year or two to sign the affidavit, because if there's creditors they'll come out of the, that will come out of the woodwork, it'll be in the first year or two. So sometimes you may want to probate. Uh, there's a different way of probating, by the way. Probate is a minimum of title if there's no debts. Uh, so you could consider probate as a minimum of title if you're concerned about uh, you didn't want to have just a presumption of evidence. You wanted to have a court order. Hmm. So, But an affidavit of heirship is simply uh, it's cheaper because you don't have to go to court. Uh, you just have this affidavit saying, and sometimes even people with a will or without a will, they sign this affidavit, have the description of the real estate, saying that there's no debts. You can't do this, by the way, if you generally, if you have Medicaid. Medicaid is if, there, if there's a state recovery, if you have a home, the state has a right to go after the home after death. So uh, you, some places may want you to say that there were no debts owed to the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in any event, and that might be a claim uh, for Medicaid estate recovery, but uh, a lot of times if people have real estate and that's the only or the major asset and they could get to the other assets or perhaps the accounts are so small that a bank will accept an affidavit of airship, then um, an affidavit of airship is often used because it's cheaper and title companies will accept it. So even if you had a, a home that was worth 250000 it's not subject to the 75000 limit that it would be for a um, uh, small state's affidavit. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, a car on the $75,000 limit, there is actually a motor vehicle affidavit of airship. It's a little bit different. As long as the car is less than 75000 then you could just do that through the Department of Motor Vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if the major asset was only a car, then you may uh, take advantage of that through the Department of Motor Vehicles, just filling out a form nice. and submitting it. Uh, so no transfer upon death deed or anything like that is needed or any kind of form? Well, if you could do, you could avoid that a transfer on death deed and ladybird deeds are certainly something that you might want to consider. So uh, for various reasons, mm-hmm. A, you don't might not want it to go to the heirs. True. You may want it to go to a significant other, as mm-hmm. we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. or it could be that you want it to go to certain individuals and not what the state says. Right. Uh, if you have an affidavit of heirship, it goes by the state's laws. 
uh, in our example before, the significant other uh, would have not wanted it to go to her her dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, transfer on death deed makes it simple. Or a, uh, a transfer on death deed says, this is where property goes upon my, my real estate right. goes when I die. Right. Or a ladybird deed, an enhanced life estate deed, also goes tells where the property goes upon death. And then all you have to do is show a death certificate. And you could change your mind before you die. Mm-hmm. So that would be much better. You don't have to do any of this other stuff, not have a presumption of evidence after, you know, like I said, that was that gives good title. Mm-hmm. So whereas on the affidavit of heirship, I said just a presumption of evidence after five years. And somebody may come out of the word works and say, no, this is the way this or that. And uh, I'm, there may be a contest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's much better to have uh, a, a, a transfer on debt deed or an enhanced life estate deed Ladybird deed mm-hmm. than relying upon an affidavit of heirship, or for that matter, even a, a small state's affidavit in order, because this way it just goes directly to the person without having to go and wait for a court order. On small state's affidavits, one judge said at a conference with the pro, um, the probate uh, sections of the local uh, Dallas attorneys, well, not only Dallas, the whole area, and the all the probate judges, uh, one judge said at this conference uh, earlier in the year that 75% of the small state's affidavits and orders that have been submitted to that court, they reject. So it would be, whereas on a transfer on death deed or Lady Bird deed, you don't have to worry about the courts. No. So no, the answer is thank you for asking that mm-hmm. question because it's far better to plan than leave it up to the state and go by the state's laws. Well, it's an anecdotal question, but I have a transfer upon death deed from my wife, Sarah, and I also have Michael Cohen as my estate planner, and he just redid my estate plan last month, which was very helpful. His Donji, his, his assistant, she was outstanding too. And But don't take my word for it. Just attend Michael's next workshop and hear and see for yourself. That next workshop is Tuesday, January the 9th at 10 o'clock. Dial 214 720 214-720-0102 or go to com for that free Estate Planning Essentials workshop. Michael Cohen, I thank you, sir. Thank you, Don, and happy holidays. Leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-720. 0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770 KAAM since 2013, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it's done your way and sign up for his next workshop today.